Welcome to the Geek Teek Podcast, where the sports are E. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Exactly like that. Yes, that's, it is, that's, that's what how I meant. sports. That was I was sportsing just now. Today we're talking about esports because a bunch of you asked us to talk about them, and I'm going to be honest. Neither of us follow esports super closely, so this is probably going to be a shorter topic. But enough people asked that I figured we should, you know, listen to our listeners and give you guys <laughs> what you're after. So, um, esports and like competitive gaming. It's a thing that exists. I mean, there are there are some new games out there that are kind of becoming more esports and are getting more traction, like Splatoon 2 or like Overwatch. There's older games like StarCraft 2, League of Legends, Heroes of the Storm, like Dota, Dota 2. Um, I know Brood War still gets some. But Does it? Yeah, yeah, some. And I mean, the StarCraft remaster just came out. So that might kick it oh, into yeah. high gear again, which will be interesting to watch. But where do you come down on esports in general i love the idea of esports that that even my my local college here the university of north alabama is getting a heroes of the dorm thing going on there's a there's an esports program that that they're they're really starting to uh to do as a student organization and i'm super excited that this kind of thing is catching on it's and i even try to watch some of them that i love watching things like overwatch because i like watching videos of first person shooters anyway i don't tend to watch a lot of video game videos or streams but stuff like overwatch tends to be what i'll i'll actually sit down and watch for a while because it's faster paced so those are the ones that i tend to like a little bit more than like league of legends or or even uh heroes of the storm but i don't i I can't there's something about esports that that just i don't know it's People take it so seriously. Like and this is an issue with with uh, you know physical sports as well. Don't get me wrong, but just seeing the the competitiveness and and almost vitriol that comes out of some of the people who follow esports, it it kind of puts me off because I I've never found the community that I would be feel comfortable in for esports. Does that make does that make a, a any kind of sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I guess community, like you can always, if you try hard enough or you look in the right places, you can always find a good part of the community that works for you if you're enough into that thing, right? Just like how when I tell people I use Reddit, I'm very specific about like I do these specific things on Reddit and I stay (laughs) far away from these other things on Reddit because there are parts of that community that are just horribly toxic um yes it's it's the same thing with any community that's big enough you know there's esports community that's just negative but i do get what you're saying like if you don't feel enough upfront like interest in it why would you ever dig deep enough to get into that community is probably what you're running into right yeah it really is because i see people who i know that are super into it that they follow individual players they follow games they follow individual tournaments and stuff like that and and one of the guys i used to blog with all the time uh, at Throne Gauntlet on Twitter, he got a full time job reporting on esports, and he's very good at it. And it's fun to watch him get so excited about it. But I have no idea what he's talking about half the time. Whenever I check it out, and I've watched uh, 
comp comp uh, I've watched competitive streams that are just really cool to see the the level of skill in these players that I will never have the time or physical reflexes to even approach. Like that part is cool to me. The the part that made that we were talking about last year with the speed runs, that kind of thing really appeals to me for esports. It's it's actually the co- competition that puts me off of it. It's the absurd skill that makes me want to get invested in it. Yeah, I think for me, like my main problem with getting into them is that I want to play games instead of watch them. Um, right. Unless it's something that I'm specifically looking up like a strategy or a technique or something that I'm trying to learn about that game. But I don't want to just sit back and like watch other people do it when I could be the one playing the game and having the fun. Um, and yeah. This is honestly my problem with watching professional sports, too. Like, I've never gotten into professional sports, and I don't understand people who do because it's (laughs) like if you're that passionate about the sport, go play it, you know? Like, don't sit back and just watch it. But I mean, that's just me. I know other people don't feel that way, and that's fine. But that's what I run into with esports, also, is that, like, uh, you know, if if you're that passionate about Dota 2 or League of Legends or StarCraft 2, like, go play the game. That being said, the closest I've ever gotten to actually getting into it was watching the Day 9 Daily when StarCraft 2 was just about to come out, and it was, like, in beta, and I was playing that game to basically, yeah. like, no other game was I playing. It was just that. Um, and it was it was learning how to get good at that game, and, like, you know, it was one hour. It was, like, a tight hour every day, and then I would immediately turn around and go play the game. Right. So I would be playing before, and I would be playing after and it was just like part of what i did for my games for that night um i have never ever in my life sat down for a weekend and watched a whole tournament like i just i I don't know i I don't see that as a good investment of my time and i'm i see that with esports a lot more because if i have that time to spend why am i not playing it rather than than watching it the only things that would keep me from doing it are if let's say i saw somebody put together an on overwatch the other day they put together a lucio ball lucio ball uh compilation of just really cool plays and i learned how to play better from that so if i'm looking to be like okay how do i get better and more competitive at this watching not necessarily strategy uh strategy videos like raid boss videos or something like that but just uh okay this is how the people play the game those were interesting and but for physical sports like that the i love watching stuff like running like in the Olympics, I love watching uh, uh, different races because I can't be running all the time. So whenever uh, something like that is on, it keeps me invested in something I care about. Like I have a little nephew who plays baseball, and he finally figured out that he loves baseball, that he just adores it. And when he goes home, he has baseball board games. He has baseball on TV. That uh, Those are the kind of things that he does because he loves it so much and can't be playing it all the time. But that's because it's it's a physical sport. You need a team. You have to do all of this. With esports being able to log on at any time, I'm I'm kind of like you are. I'm going to play Splatoon 2 instead of watching other people play Splatoon unless I'm using that time as a way 
I hate to say professional development, but as as a way of of developing my own skills. Yeah, and like I said, that's probably the only time I've ever seriously watched him is trying to develop my right. own skills and watching very short techniques or snippets or like, you know, YouTube videos that someone has edited together, not watching giant streams outside of yeah. day nine, which is always a pretty tight stream anyway. But, you know, part of my problem might just be, you know how quickly I go through games and like I want to sample a new thing. Like I don't really stay yeah. on one game for a long time. And you almost have to get into a games as a service to get super into an esport like that. Yeah. And I mean, for me, the closest is Overwatch. I mean, that's why I keep going back to it, because I've spent money on loot boxes on there. Uh, that that's the one where when I want something enough, I just recently spent I think twenty bucks on Overwatch because I wanted the Grillmaster seventy six skin so much to go with my uh, my golden gun on seventy six that I was willing to pay for it, and I got it. I got it within those, and uh, it was awesome. But uh, but usually I don't invest in a game like that. I won't. I, I can't go far into one game unless it's an MMO. Yeah, that's I mean, that's honestly like all I have to say about esports. Did you have any other thoughts? Um, I like some of the games. I don't like some of the others. But no, I I totally see why people like esports. I really do understand. And I do hope that they become a lot more mainstream, like they're looking like they could because of uh, just removing any other stigmas uh around the hobby is good in my opinion but hey jump into the subreddit tell me why i'm wrong give me some ideas about yes. why i should get into esports because i would love to hear it i mean you guys have listened to me for how many hours now like you probably would know if there's a hook that could get me into it and i'm very willing to listen um and i mean it's kind of on esports and it's kind of just on watching gaming videos and streams. But if you've never tried looking at plays.tv, it is specifically for 30 second or under clips of games that are like highlights. And I've found that watching stuff on there is pretty enjoyable because it's like very quick and you see stuff in the games that you like that people think are are their highlights instead of just watching an entire watching a sniper try to snipe for two hours cool yeah i might have to give that one a shot um okay let's dive into our geeky offer of the week this week we have audible and i'm gonna recommend the book ash and quill because i just finished it and i did my normal thing where i jumped back and forth between reading and listening but you guys can go to audibletrial.com slash geekcast and get a free audible trial on us get a free book and see if you like it um ash and quill was good it's it's the third one in that rachel kane series that i talked to you about right. before and have you oh, read yeah, they're so good or not uh, no i've been on the mistborn book still and this one might be the next one that i read uh if Oathbreaker, Oathkeeper, whatever the next stormlight book isn't out yet because i loved the first two okay it's good but i thought it was going to be the last one of a trilogy and actually it's just yeah. the next one in the series so go no. into it go into it knowing that because it'll make it a lot better um but yeah it was it was good i don't want to really give away spoilers because it starts in the middle of action that left off at the end of the last book but okay. the whole series premise is that the library of alexandria never burned down and has instead become the power center for information in all of the world and they control all technology and all information and it's kind of how that has shaped the world and about people who are rebelling against that and trying to work outside the system and people who work within the system to try to change it and all those kind of things but it's a really cool series um ash and quill is the latest one in that like i said go to audibletrial.com slash geek to geek cast and get 
this book or any book of your choice. Either way, helps us, helps the podcast, helps you guys get a free book. Okay. And if that sounds interesting to you, the first one is also called Ink and Bone, so yep. that you can check it out as well, and you really should. There you go. And with that, it's time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. What do you have this week? Also, this week I tried the Dragon Quest Heroes 2 demo on PS4. Have you played any of the Dragon Quest Heroes games? I played the first one. I think I beat it. It was okay. It was, yeah. I don't know, it's it's that Dynasty Warriors hack and slash yep. game. Like, if you're not into that, then you're not going to be into this game. Um, if you are and you like Dragon Quest, then maybe. That is as good as I can say because I played it for maybe five minutes and I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to talk to you about it because that's what it felt like to me. I didn't know if the game ever got any more than the Dynasty Warriors feel because it was just running around and hacking hacking and slashing on slimes and different Dragon Quest stuff. The, the initial combat wasn't anything special and it wasn't enough to make me even want to keep on playing. It just felt kind of generic but it was pretty like the game was super pretty i loved the stylized graphics but it felt like it was just a hack and slash kind of actiony dynasty warriors rpg stuff no, so i mean that's exactly what it is but those dynasty okay. warrior games are kind of well anything that came out of that dynasty warriors formula they all feel like that like the actual moment-to-moment yeah. -moment combat is not why you're in that game you know it's it's more for like the characters and defeating giant waves of enemies and then the higher level strategy of learning like where you should be when and like when to position uh, your units different places that comes in usually later in the game so if you didn't play very far you probably wouldn't have experienced mm -hmm. that um but that's one of the I reasons didn't. that people stick with it okay because i was jennifer was doing something on her phone or on her laptop and i was playing it on the ps4 on the on the tv and she was like, you're done already? And I told her, I was like, yeah, it was nothing but smashing things and uh, killing monsters all the time. She's like, ooh, maybe I'll like that one. Because remember, she likes the smashy smashy. Yes, this is true. So, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, the next thing I tried was I am working on, I finished the second Mistborn, uh, the Mistborn 2 number two and uh, moved into the bands of mourning the third one and i am all in finally uh like the second book was way better than the first and i really enjoyed the first and this third one is finally starting to dig in on some of the mythology and things that were only hinted at in the original series and i cannot wait to see what they're doing with this like there's stuff that's come up that they're finally getting into the cosmere that you're finally seeing things that connect to uh, the greater universe that Brandon Sanderson does. And I'm interested to see if any of this, because these are fairly new books, if any of this is going to tie into the Stormlight Archive at all and be able to see any of those connections. I don't know. It might. I, I did like book two and three of that second trilogy a lot, though. Those are probably my favorite yeah. two Mistborn books. They are very good. So if you guys are into the fantasy books like we are because i'm 90 years old and i say you're into the fantasy books aren't you uh you should definitely check out the mistborn books uh, especially the second series uh re read them all in order and it has been a phenomenal experience for me um so yeah the third one is great so far i cannot wait to learn more um also you know la not last week week before last you told me to go order 20xx you where you told me about 20xx and while we were recording i went and bought it on steam and it's so good that 20xx is a procedurally generated Mega Man x clone roguelike and it's 
awesome that this game is so much fun that it, it's what Mighty Number no. Nine really should have been, and it is absolutely pretty. Um, and it's just gorgeous the way that the the animations are. Even my wife will see me play this and look. I was like, "That's pretty. I need to play that one. I want to play that when you're done." And we haven't had a chance for her to sit down and do it, but it is a lot of fun to play Twenty XX, and it gets so hard. And it took so long for me to realize how. I haven't played a Mega Man game in probably 15 years, and it is a skill that I'm still learning. <laughs> Relearning, yeah. I guess. I have been playing this one, too. It's actually part of my weekly geekery, so it's. I'm still really liking it. It's such a good game. I'm so glad I picked it up. I'm curious, how far have you gotten on your longest run? I want to say either level five or six. Okay. That is my longest right now. I've gotten to the last, well, I don't know if it's the last level, the last one in the normal procedural generations i just i guess i don't know if there's like something after all the standard bosses if there's like a final boss stage um yeah because i haven't gotten quite that far yet but it's like over time it's that roguelike structure you know where you keep getting further and further as you get better at the game and then you get like minor incremental improvements that help you too that carry from like like attempt to attempt but those are minor compared to like the skill that you actually gain just by playing it and the i love being able to go in and out the hub that i thought that i was going to get really irritated because i'm not much of a roguelike person you know how i hate i you know how i hate repetition over and over and over again but it works because when you go back to the hub it you get to buy those different kinds of upgrades and they're just enough upgrades that as you go through that you feel them, but you're absolutely right that it is player skill far more than it is uh, those upgrades, like just starting with slightly more health or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I can highly recommend 20XX. It's a really good game, especially if you like Mega Man X. There's no reason not to yeah. get it. It's so good. Yeah, not at all. It, it feels, it, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that was part of my weekly geekery and Ash and Quill that I already talked about. The other thing that I just picked up, but I don't have impressions of yet, is Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, because I'm really excited for it, because it's a turn-based strategy where Mario shoots guns. I don't know why. And it has Rabbids in it. It... It looks ridiculous, but yeah, it's it also does. getting crazy good reviews, and I basically pick up anything with Mario in it, so next week, I'm sure I will have some uh, some thoughts on that one after I actually get to play it. Um, right. The other thing was, I started teaching my kids how to play chess this last week. Awesome. Which was really, really fun. I got them like a starter set where it has the directions that the pieces can move on the back of each piece. Oh, Have you ever cool. seen those before? No, that's a wonderful idea. I had to learn from Microsoft uh, Windows. I had to learn from the Windows chess on how they all moved. Yeah, they're really cheap, but they're really like they're a really good way to learn because it'll tell you how many spaces the, the piece can move and then it gives you like the arrows to let you know which direction they can move. But yeah, never seen any of the never seen any of the pieces that do that. That's fantastic. Way better. Yeah, it's it's really fun to teach them new games and I don't know, my son was very interested in chess, so I just grabbed it because like I said, the beginner sets like that are cheap. They're not high quality. They're really cheap plastic that, you know, you pick it up and it feels like a cheap board game component. But as long as they're having fun and they're learning, like, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you want. You want something they can mess with and don't feel like they're going to break it. And then they're going to become comfortable playing it and uh, and have good memories of it instead of it being something really precious and rare that daddy told me I couldn't touch it. Chess is for not touching. Yeah, 
Yeah, something yes. like that. Yes, exactly. Something. Cool. Well, that's about it for this week. Super short episode this week. We'll pick a longer topic next time. I promise. That's not esports that we have more to say about. <laughs> um, but you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have the longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And remember, we're part of a podcast network. And if you're not listening to all of the podcasts, head over to geek2geekcast.com to see if we have anything that uh, you want to pick up. And you might want to listen to our newest podcast that we've picked up called Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a couple of wonderful ladies who are talking about geekdom that we don't get into. And sometimes we do. And they're just fantastic. And they want to be your friends, too. So go be their friends. Yes, you should go listen to them. They're fantastic. Um, I blog at agreenmushroom.com. And you can find me at gr and mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as at professor beach that's beach with two e's and i'm back to blogging and podcasting at geekfitness.net we've been void beach with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye geeks everyone i'm katie and i'm chelsea and we're the hosts of the podcast tea time with katie and chelsea we are two best friends who love pop culture we try to have a female perspective on things but we really just talk about anything we like what are some recent topics we've done katie uh well we've talked about girl power songs wonder woman veronica mars young adult fiction novels san diego comic-con and so much more so grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on itunes or stitcher and start listening today